Section 3 of The Great Events by Famous Historians, Volume 7. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Heather Eaney, The Great Events by Famous Historians, Volume 7, by Charles F. Horn, Rossiter Johnson, and John Rudd. War of the Flemings with Philip the Fair of France. A.D. 1302, Air Evans Crow. Toward the beginning of the 13th century, the people of Flanders, whose country had been for centuries a feudal dependency of France, were considerably advanced in wealth and importance. They had become restive under the French rule, and their discontent ripened into settled hostility. Common commercial interests drew them into friendship with England and the quarrel between philip the fair and edward the first twelve ninety five concerning edward's rule in guienne aquitaine the flemings allied themselves with the english king in twelve ninety seven philip invaded flanders and gained several successes against the flemings who were feebly aided by king edward in twelve ninety nine the two kings settled their quarrel and the flemings were left to the vengeance of philip for in the pacification the court of flanders was not included a french army entered the flemish territory inflicted two defeats upon the count's troops and received the submission of the count philip annexed flanders to his crown and appointed a governor over the flemings in less than two years they rose in furious revolt the insurrection began at bruges may eighteen thirteen o two when over three thousand frenchmen in that city were massacred by the insurgents this massacre was called the bruges matin such an outrage upon the french crown could not but bring upon the flemings all the forces that philip was able to muster the two leading actions of the ensuing war that at coltray known as the battle of the spurs on account of the number of gilt spurs captured by the flemings and the engagement at mons la pielle are described in the course of the narrative which follows as a result of the battle of coltray the french nobility were nearly destroyed and philip found it necessary to recreate his titled bodies the flemings prepared to resist the storm they chose guy of juliers grandson of the count of flanders to be their commander though a cleric he did not hesitate to obey the call in order to avenge his family so cruelly betrayed by the french king his brother made prisoner at fion by the comte d'artois had perished in that rude prince's keeping his first attempt was to induce the people of ghent to join the insurrection but its rich burgesses preferred french rule to that of the count of flanders bruges however was supported by all the lesser and maritime towns of flanders guy of namur a son of the count who had escaped to germany also returned with a body of soldiers from that country and reassured the flemings these surprised one of the ducal manors in which were five hundred french and then took coltray occupying the town but not the castle it was immediately besieged as well as that of cassel the people of ypres rallying to the french cause 
the french garrison of the town of coltre sent pressing messengers for aid and robert of artois marched with seven thousand knights and forty thousand foot of which one-fourth were archers the flemish were but twenty thousand of which none but the chiefs had horses neither was their armor nor their weapons of a perfect kind the latter being a lance like a boar-spear or a knotted stick pointed with iron and called in flemish a good day the princes of juliers and nemur posted their combatants on the road which leads from coltre to ghent behind a canal that communicated with the river lys a priest came with the host but there being no time to receive the communion each man took some earth in his mouth the counts then knighted pierre coni and the chiefs of bands and took their station on foot with the rest the french had nine battalions or divisions their archers or light troops being lombards or navarres and provencal these the constable placed foremost to commence the fight and harass the flemings by their missiles but the comte d'artois overruled this manoeuvre and called it a lombard trick reproaching the constable de nesle with appreciating the flemings too highly because of his connection with them he had married a daughter of the count of flanders if you advance as far as i shall replied the count you will go far enough i warrant so saying he put spurs to his horse and led on his knights on which the comte d'artois and the french squadrons charged also this formidable cavalry could not reach the flemings but fell one over the other into the canal which they had not perceived and which was five fathoms wide and three deep the flemish counts seeing the disorder instantly passed the canal on either side to take advantage of it and fell on the discomfited french the battle was but a massacre numbers of the french nobles perished the comte d'artois godfrey of brabant and his son the counts of eux and of albemarle the constable and his brother de tancarville pierre flotte the chancelleur and jacques de saint paul in all some six thousand knights louis of clermont and one or two others escaped to the damage of their reputation this battle of coltre was fought on july eleventh thirteen o two had the war not been one exclusively of defence on the part of the flemings or had they had ambitious and adventurous chiefs such a disaster might have endangered the throne of france it was the flemish democracy which had conquered and its chiefs contented themselves with reducing the remaining cities and expelling the gentry and rich citizens as of french inclinations this reaction extended from flanders into brabant and Hainaut. philip in the meantime exerted all his activities and resources had he been an english king he would have called his parliament together and have found national support and national supplies the french king preferred having recourse to a recoinage in twelve ninety four he had forbidden 
any persons to keep plate unless they possessed an annual revenue of six thousand livres now he ordered his baileys to deliver up their plate and all non-functionaries to send half of theirs those who did so received payment in the new coin and lost one half thereby a tax of one-fifth or twenty per cent of the annual revenue was levied on the land and a twentieth was levied on the movable property in the following year the king found it more advantageous to order that all prelates and barons should for every five hundred livres of yearly revenue in the land furnish an armed and mounted gentleman for five months service while the non-noble was to furnish and keep up six infantry soldiers sergeants de pied for every hundred hearths this decree was a return to feudal military service occasioned no doubt by the general disaffection caused by the raising of the war supplies in money as if to recompense all classes for the severity of the action philip published an ordonnance of reform for the protection of both laymen and ecclesiastics from the arbitrary encroachments or interference of his officers having thus set his realm in order and collected an army of seventy thousand men at arras the king marched to meet the flemings who in equal force had mustered in the vicinity of dove they kept as at coltray on the defensive and the king of france too cautious to attack them allowed the whole autumn to pass and returned to france after a campaign as inefficient as inglorious philip had been long involved in a controversy with pope boniface the eighth and the quarrel still continued it was not till some time after the battle of coltray that the king at last delivered from menacing hostility of rome had leisure to turn his mind and efforts again toward flanders during the year thirteen o three he had sought to keep the flemings at bay by bodies of lombard and tuscan infantry whom his florentine banker persuaded him to hire and by amadeus v duke of savoy who brought soldiers of that country to his aid although the long lances and more perfect armor of these troops gave them some advantage over the flemings the latter took and burned terouanne overran artois and laid siege to tournay amadeus of savoy unable to overcome the flemings by arms recommended philip to do so by treaty and the king accordingly concluded a pacification one condition of which was that the count of flanders should be released from prison to negotiate terms of a fresh accommodation the flemings received the aged count with respect but he brought no terms which they were willing to accept and he returned as he had pledged his word to captivity at compiegne where he soon after died for the campaign of the following year philip in lieu of italian infantry took sixteen genoese galleys into his pay commanded by Renier de grimaldi this admiral passed through the straits of gibraltar and assailed the maritime towns and shipping of flanders 
guy of namur mustered to oppose them a fleet of greater numbers but the genoese accustomed to naval warfare defeated the flemings and took guy of namur prisoner philip at the same time assembled a large army at tournay and marched to mont Lapiel near lille where the flemings to the number of seventy thousand were encamped within a circumvallation of cars and chariots there was no robert of artois on this occasion to precipitate a rash onslaught and by philip's order the southern light troops harassed the flemings all day with arrows and missiles allowing them no repose toward the end of the evening many of the french withdrew to refresh themselves and take off their armor the king himself was of this number the flemings perceiving this slackness and divining the cause poured forth from their encampment in three divisions which at first drove all before them and reached as far as the king's tent then in full preparation for supper the monarch himself without armor or helmet was fortunately not recognized his secretary de beauville and two parisians of the name of gentien whom philip had always about his person were slain before his eyes the king withdrew but it was to arm mount on horseback and cry out to his followers to stand their ground he himself says villani one of the strongest and best made men of his time fought valiantly until his brother charles and most of the barons recovering from the first panic came to his rescue and the flemings were finally repulsed and put to the rout william of juliers fell on the side of the flemings the son of the duke of burgundy and many others on that of the french philip immediately laid siege to lille deeming the flemings totally discomfited they had however rallied obtained reinforcements at bruges and ghent and in three weeks appeared to the number of fifty thousand before the king's camp at lille crying for battle philip called a council and observed that even a victory would be dearly purchased over a party so desperate the duke of brabant and the count of savoy therefore undertook to negotiate with the flemings and philip consented to grant them fair terms he recognized their independent rights agreed to liberate robert eldest son of guido count of flanders as well as all those in captivity he granted robert and his son the fiefs which belonged to him in france especially that of nevers and promised to give him investiture of the county of flanders the flemings on their side consented to pay two hundred thousand livres and to leave the king of france in possession of the three towns of lille douay and bethune that part of flanders in which french was spoken it was thus at least that the french interpreted the treaty while the flemings afterwards alleged that french flanders was merely a pledge for the payment of the money not an alienation to the crown of france end of section three read by heather eney